white and Jewish. The best of both worlds. All the privilege and I can still feel like a victim if I want to. That's right, and if you don't think that's funny, then you're anti-Semitic. So yeah, what I was saying Jonathan was, I've been quite disappointed in the number of so-called funny people I speak to who are not that funny at all. It's like, what the f man? It's like going on a date and you're like looking for the app and you're like, oh, she's hot. And then you get to meet her and like, oh my God, you're 60 years old and you've got no teeth. And like, what the hell? And you've been divorced five times. You're not the person I saw on the app. And it's like, sometimes I feel like that when I, you know, I meet funny people like, you know, for the first time. So I'm hoping I'm you're the real deal. comedy catfish so many times. <laughs> so I didn't realize that was a thing, but it sounds like it's been very traumatic for you. All this catfishing of comedy. I thought they were going to be funny. And then they were so serious. And not funny. It's like all their, their jokes and, and lines are just, you know, I don't know. Maybe someone else is writing them for them. I don't know. I don't know. But you came oh, across. Well, I wasn't my... that they're serious. There was that they were unfunny. Okay. Well, thanks for putting the pressure on right away, Doc. <laughs> I feel like usually when I'm talking to a doctor, at least I gotta wait for them to like at the end to be like, and don't eat this, and do more exercises, and you know, put pressure on me. But you did it right from the beginning. You're like, and be funny, go, go. <laughs> so, so the success of this podcast will be. How many times you can make me laugh and how many good jokes you can crack? Wow, I can't believe we've only been going for a minute and a half and it's already <laughs> failed. So let me just tell people how I came across you. For some reason, one of your videos came up on my Instagram. OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, OnlyFans. So well done. So there you go. You got one in there finally. But anyway, so um, yeah, it was finally, about you. We've only been <laughs> off for less than two minutes. So basically, you you were talking about being a white supremacist and Jewish, and I I just thought it was great being white and Jewish, white privilege, privilege, not supremacist, white privilege. Oh, it was just a crack. Yeah, I was like, wow, this took a turn really fast. <laughs> Excuse me, let me go get my sheets. They're being ironed right now. <laughs> and then, but I just saw one now of you in a record shop. Dude, that cracked me up. That one really cracked me up. It should actually get me oh, upset. thank you. That's my short film that I made. Yeah, what inspired that? Tell me what inspired that. Uh, the reality of the situation, how I feel like a lot of... Uh, Israelis, a lot of pro-Israeli people, they kind of want to use Judaism as like a religious shield, basically, to, you know, cover up any misdeeds that they do or to use it as an excuse or to deflect people that are criticizing them. Yeah, well, it cut home very close to the bone for me, pardon the pun. I mean, because like my hospital suspended me. Is that because... a doctor pun? <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm orthopod as well. So basically, um, a fellow doctor... I thought that was a type of whale. Sorry, <laughs> okay, now I'm just throwing them out there. A, a fellow doctor complained to the hospital that I posted a post on my Instagram of an interview with someone who's critical of the Israeli policies. 
And forget my freedom of speech. The fact that I posted this on my Instagram was enough for the hospitals to suspend me. And I have it as knowledge. Isn't it? And someone, someone told my wife that from the hospital, who works in the hospital, oh yeah, you know, the the Jewish lobby in the hospital is very powerful and they had to act. (laughs) Like, what? First of all, that sounds anti-Semitic right right off the bat, the way they said that to your wife, you know, a little anti-Semitic cooler talk. And it's so ridiculous. I mean, I, I don't know what this video was, but you said it was just talking about uh, some of the crimes that Israel has committed, which it has. I mean, it's just crazy how just having an open dialogue about it and being honest about what is going on is so damaging to people that they want to suspend you from your work you know like you're a doctor like who cares if people need help you know you're trying to help the people of gaza shame on you that's not part of your hippocratic oath no but the thing is i actually said i've said it multiple times i'm not taking sides because what the evil people out there want you to do is take sides and i'm on team humanity i'm not team this or team that uh, I've got Jewish friends. I've got Muslim friends, Christian friends. I'm like, I don't have a religion. I've got friends who are like me, who are just spiritual and believe in God. And that's it. Um, I've got friends everywhere. And my, you know, that's the way I, I've been talking about this whole crisis in the last few months. But apparently for a large contingent of people, that's not good enough. Because if you're not with Israel, that means you're against them. And I'm like, what? No, it's not. <laughs> like, it's nothing Absolutely. like that. Absolutely makes no sense. It's like when did wanting freedom and equality for all people become a bad thing? It's like that's bad when Israel's the one that's taking away the freedom and equality. It may, it makes no sense to me. Well, you know, because I'm with you. It's like I'm standing for a better world for all people. But why is that so threatening to one side, which is kind of telling? And you know, and then they want to just be screaming about Hamas, Hamas, Hamas when. Israel helped create Hamas. Hamas only exists because of Israel, both because Israel gave them a reason to exist and because Israel literally helped fund them for years because they were using them to destabilize the Palestinian leadership. And it's so insane. All these people, it's like they're yelling about Frankenstein's monster, but they're being all, but Dr. Frankenstein, that's the most moral mad scientist in the world. You're just an anti-Semitic trope. That's an anti-Semitic trope, what you just said. That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) That's the anti- It's it's crazy how anti-Semitism has been weaponized and just like so falsely. And like there's real anti-Semitism in the world, you know? People hate Jews. We don't need to be doing things that make people hate us more or we don't need to make up things that people are hating us because we're Jewish when they're not, you know? It makes no sense. The whole thing, if you, anyone, if you go into someone's house and you kick them out, they're not going to be like, wait, are you Jewish? No? Okay, then it's okay. But if you're Jewish, then we have a problem with it. Like, they have a problem with it no matter who you are. It doesn't matter that you're Jewish. It's, it's horrible. I mean, that's one reason why I'm outspoken, because I am Jewish. I'm like, what are they doing to our to this religion, to my a part of my identity? They're like taking it and they're flushing it down the toilet. Dude, how does it feel to be an anti-Semitic Jew? Very confusing. <laughs> no, seriously. What, what is it actually like for you? 
Are you in a lonely place? Are there many people like you? Have you got lots of friends and family? <laughs> lonely place. Uh, it's very lonely. Thankfully, there are so many anti-Semites out there. All I got to do is go to a Trump rally and I feel at home. Uh, I hate myself. They're hating me. You know, everybody's surrounding me with tiki torches. But, uh, you know, hey, it's, it's, it's hard and it's confusing. Uh, you know, I, I think it's more like along the lines of what we were talking about earlier than, you know, why are people going to be upset with me? Are people going to cut me off, put distance with me? Because I want freedom and equality for everybody. It makes no sense. It, it affects my perception of them. Or when I have family members that, like, don't want to support me because of what I'm doing, where it's like, well, shouldn't our relationship as, like, family be more important than you standing by some country that maybe you went to once in your life where I know about your indoctrination because I've experienced the same thing and I know the lies that like you know because I used to know them and I know the truth now and it's like you know yesterday you were telling me oh my gosh you love coming to me advice I'm so smart but on this one thing I'm not smart anymore and you don't want to trust anything I say so it's it's very weird I think it reflects more poorly on them than it does on me but yeah it is it's sad and it's hurtful and it's unfortunate you know and it's so unfortunate that they're not even just like open to like dialogue which i find that many people on the pro-israeli side are like they just they don't want to know they don't want to hear it they don't care they've made up their uh, a decision they have their opinion they're not changing it and it doesn't matter and it's kind of it's very Nazi-like, you know, just following orders. And like, I'm sorry to say and to make that Dude. comparison, but oh my god, you made true. like it's the just worst following orders, going with the flow. You just made the worst comparison. <laughs> oh my god! Do you know if I said I mean, that? I'm already the worst, so I might as well just lean into it. <laughs> but I mean, there have been Israeli officials who have said that you know the actions that happened are similar to what the Nazis do. Like, I'm not saying that. That's what. Israeli officials are saying things that are happening in the West Bank are similar to things the Nazis did. Uh, lots of people have said that, you know, it's not me saying things. You could go. There's plenty of Israelis that are saying everything that I've said. You know, I'm getting it from them a lot of the times, you know, and it amazes me that there are people that are there. There are members of the Israeli military that have uh, served and have done things that they seriously regret and are speaking out as members of Breaking the Silence. And people are like, oh, no, they're liars. And it's just like, they're there. You went to Israel once for two weeks. They've lived there their whole lives. They served in the military. They know, like, like it's just crazy. So when you said indoctrination, you were indo what were you indoctrinated with? Blind allegiance to the state of Israel. So I personally... Basically. So, you know, just different lies about what happened, uh, lies about the Palestinian people, lies about the situation there. You know, it started with, you know, a phrase that was common, which is a land without a people for a people with no land. Uh, that's what we were told Israel was. Uh, <laughs> then it went, you know, further... With uh, stuff like, you know, the Palestinians all just left on their own. The leaders told them to leave and they all just left and got up and left on their own, which wasn't true. Again, if you read Benny Morris, one of the new historians, he really gets into it. 
So a lot of, you know, the Palestinians don't want peace. They want to kill all the Jews. They hate you just because you're Jewish. All this kind of stuff, uh, which isn't isn't true. Did you ever buy into that? Did you ever for even a little bit of time think, oh, my God, they hate us and they want to um, kill us? Yeah, sure. How, how did that make you, you know, feel? You hear about bombings. You hear you hear. I'm sorry. How did that make you feel? Th- no, thinking that other people wanted to kill you. I mean, you know, I just thought it was like, I guess it didn't affect me too much, you know, growing up. It just uh, added, I guess, to like this Jewish victimization that like is a real thing. And of course, you know, Jews have been victims throughout history. Me personally, I haven't been a victim, I don't think, because of my Judaism. And sure, I've experienced some anti-Semitism, but uh, the amount of privilege that I have being a white passing tall male in America far surpasses any, you know, anti-Semitism that I face being Jewish. But I feel like that's that's part of it. You know, everybody's out to get you. The Jews, you have to watch out. You know, we got to stick together, stuff like that. Uh, you know, that was part of it with part of, oh, yeah, and all the Palestinians hate you. Our people don't like you. They want to kill you. You know, they hate Jews. Because I'm just thinking, if I grew up thinking... Fucking that- Jews, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, if I grew up thinking that people just wanted to hate hate me and wanted to kill me, that would leave a horrible impact on me. That that's a form of mental abuse in itself, you know. Especially when it's not true. Like people aren't genuinely out to Absolutely. kill. Absolutely, that's why we see so many people are triggered so badly right now. And you're like, why are you triggered? You live in the suburbs. All right, your parents have a nice marriage. You've never experienced any hardship your whole life. And they're like, but 40 babies were beheaded. And it's like, no, they weren't even. But they're so, yes, they were. My cousin's friend lives in Israel and he knows. And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, that's not true. And it's like, yes, it is. They've always wanted to kill us and they always will. And you're like, but you know what? And it's like, this has been internalized in them. Johnson, but they took it to a level which is so crazy. It was like, it wasn't even enough, like, to have a lie. It was like 40 babies murdered, but not just murdered. They were decapitated. Not just decapitated, they were raped, burnt, decapitated, and murdered. Like, the words, you can't make up how bad and evil a thing they said happened. And it was like, when you stand back, you go, really? They they, they they did that? Really? Maybe not. Maybe that just sounds a bit too far-fetched. But people believed it. Right? It's uh, crazy because it's like bad things happen. They put out videos of stuff they did, which was bad. If they killed one person, one baby was killed. Her name was Mila Cohen. She was under 10 months old. Horrible. It's bad enough. Yes, that they're not good. It's bad. Like, I, like we didn't need to make up all this other extra things that happen that, like, just like uh, what aren't true. Like, well, like why? Like, it, it makes no sense to really uh, depict them as horrible, bad people, ISIS-like terrorists. They're the worst scum on the earth. Like, they, they did plenty of bad shit for the world to see. I don't get why we had to make up even worse things that happen you know it's it's yeah it's crazy I, it's like oh I, yeah you know 
my uncle, he left my, my aunt and he left their whole family and he was a shitty uh, father to them and a, a shitty husband. And then he assassinated Martin Luther King Jr. And he also killed John F. Kennedy. And he also George- raped puppies. Like, uh, he was already a bad guy. We know, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think it was, I think it's a case of dehumanizing and othering. You know, you other that group and then it justifies treating them as subhuman and then showing them no compassion, no, no nothing and justify your next action and move. I think that's as simple as that, to be honest. And also, if yeah, you, if you, if you question anything, if you say, Hey, Hey, should we be doing this? Hey, then it's like, you think it's all right to kill 40 people and uh, babies and decapitate them. Are you on that on their side? And it's like, no, no, I'm not on that side. No, 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 no. It's okay. Carry on. Yeah. You, it's okay. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, it's, it's a way of just shutting people up as well. I think that's the way I think it works. Absolutely. You know, you, like I have, I hear people saying things like, you know, when it comes to all these uh, rape allegations and like, hey, it's 100% possible that rape could occur. Like, I'm not saying that it didn't. Like, rape happens in church. It totally <laughs> could happen when people break out of a concentration camp. But like to say that there were these hundreds of mass rapes and to have zero evidence to like that raises flags for me, like extraordinary claims requires evidence. And then people want to be like, oh, me too, unless you're a Jew. And it's like, no evidence too, even if you're a Jew, it's not like no one's denying anything that happened to you because you're Jewish. It's like in any of these situations, people would want to see some forensic evidence. People would want to hear someone that experienced it be like, I'm a survivor of this. I went through this. But when there's none of that and you're claiming that it happened at such a mass scale, it just it, it makes you seem totally uncredible to believe anything you say. Even when you come with truths, it's like, well, it's hard to accept that now after all these lies that you've told. Man, 100 percent. It's the disreality that I just don't get. Like, my understanding is those Hamas people wanted to get as many people they could kidnap. They wanted to bring them back and then use them as leverage to release the prisoners that are in Israeli jails, oftentimes taken without any due process. No, no, nothing. They're just detained without charge. And they wanted bargaining chips. So some people also came out who were not Hamas and they were just, you know, taking opportunity to do criminal acts. So there's a whole mixed bag of people that were coming. But I don't think they came out and went, right, let's rape people. Like, I think they were on the clock. They were on a mission. And maybe some people did some bad things. Um, 100%. There's, you know, and then people died. But what we also know is that there was a lot of deaths that were from friendly fire. Apache helicopters just saying, light it up. Doesn't matter who's in that house, light it up. We can't afford to have any Israelis go back into Gaza as, as, as prisoners. So we're going to just take them all down. And I think there's a, there's an actual government policy, Israeli government policy, and I've forgotten the name for it, but it means like, like the you, Hannibal directive. That's it. That's it. You're not allowed to have anyone be taken over. Like, so just the Hannibal directive was kicked in. And so, you know, when you look at all those cars that are torched, I mean, that's not some guys with some AK-47s who managed to torch all those cars. Those are, those are from missile strikes. Something's blown them all up. Um, 
so there's friendly fire, there's, you know, you know, collateral damage, whatever you want to call it. I've seen the videos where the Israelis are shooting, like with the like people, Israelis in the cars and they're just shooting across. And it's like, what the hell? So a lot of bad stuff happened, but you know what? We're not allowed to look at that. It's all glossed over. It's not allowed to be talked about. And equally on the other side, when you see 30,000, you know, Palestinians die, 10,000 children die. It's like, no, no, don't know what you're talking about. No, no, that's, that's Hamas's fault, you know? And it's like, what? Like, what? The, the, the dissonance is, is just insane. And I just, I, I just don't know. It makes me feel sad for humanity when I see people, good people, so easily brainwashed and fall into tribal lines. And I keep saying to people, the only tribe you should belong to is the human tribe. Do you not think so? I absolutely agree. And it's so true. And, you know, it's really sad. Yeah, people do want to ignore what's come out. Like you said, that Apache helicopters did kill people, that even with the tanks were blowing up some of the houses because they were more concerned with killing you know, members of Hamas than they were with protecting their own people. And, you know, that's part of the problem with the Israeli military. They might be one of the most advanced and sophisticated <clears throat> militaries in the world, but they're made up by mostly a bunch of 18-year-old kids who don't really know what they're doing, who are terrified for their lives, who are put in these horribly dangerous situations where they react more than are responding to things that are happening, and they do, they do bad things. That, you know, they've been doing bad things to Palestinians for decades, and they do bad things even to their own people. You know, there's a video with one of the tank squads, and it's an all-female tank squad that were, for some reason, the only people that were responding to one of what was happening. And they're telling them, hey, just fire there. And they're like, are, are, aren't our people there? And they're like, I don't know, just fire. And, you know, the girls are talking about in this video how, like, it was new equipment and they never used it before, but they were just picking it up as they went along. And it's like, yeah, they don't know what they're doing. Of course, they were firing at their own people. They were freaking out. You know, they're a bunch of 18 year old girls. Shit. Shit. 18 year old girls in a massive tank. Oh, bloody hell, man. Yeah. They're you did sending it. like tank girl over <laughs> to stop like the, you know, a huge attack, which they knew about. Which, you know, it, it's, it all, it doesn't, none of it really adds up other than to further the oppression of the Palestinian people, which that is exactly what's happening. Oh, they want to move them now to an artificial island that they're creating off the coast. That like, what, what are you talking, they want to get them all out to Egypt. They've been trying to get rid of them for ages. That's what they want to do. It's crazy. There's the most extremist right-wing government. Netanyahu's been in office for like over 16 years. It's like that is what happens when you have a country that can't be criticized. That you, It becomes extremist. It becomes fascist like that. And people just want to be like, oh, well, whatever. You know, Netanyahu's bad, but Israel's good. And it's like. Israel needs a change from the foundation. Like it needs like to do serious work on itself. If it, if I, this is what I believe, if it has any hope of having a future, a long-term future. Can I ask you a question? Do you think there's officials? No, no more questions. <laughs> Sing-alongs only for the rest of the time. Fine. Let's sing Kumbaya. Um, are there any Israeli officials 
who, you know, advocate like an ethnic cleansing of Gaza and the occupied territories. Sure. There are tons in the Knesset who have said things like that, you know, uh, who are talking about, you know, what was it? Bezalel Smotrich talked about wiping out the town of Harara. I mean, him and Itmar Ben-Gavir are just like some of the worst bigoted racist, you know, uh, self-proclaimed. I mean, Itmar Ben-Gavir was convicted in Israel of racism and supporting terrorism. He wasn't allowed in the army because of his extremist views. And now he's like in charge of the police. It, it makes no sense. Like, you know, that, that that's who's made up. Bezalel Smojas not only lives uh, in an illegal settlement in the West Bank, he lives outside the settlement. Like, he went and he's like, no, I'm going to take my own land. Like, wow. he thinks he's fucking some Israeli Christopher Columbus or some shit. And it's like, it, these are the twisted people, you know? And then people want to be like, oh, but Israel's the, the good place for gay people. Meanwhile, Bezalel Smotrich, their finance minister, he ha had a bestiality parade where he paraded animals and said, this is just like gay people and stuff like that. And it's like, stop your pinkwashing, you know? Like, it's, it's crazy. Yes, you're more open to gay people, but you guys got problems when it comes to that still, you know? But it's all this, oh, they're worse, they're horrible dehumanize them we're the only democracy but you don't have free speech to speak up against us wow anti-semite anti so what you just said is what got me suspended saying that there's some people that are oh that's what got you suspended in that yeah. case you deserved it <laughs> so the princess grace hospital everybody you just... was happy you got suspended except for little timmy because that arm isn't growing back <laughs> So Princess Grace Hospital, you heard it again, okay? So you suspended me because you thought it was inappropriate of my guest to say that some people in Israel want ethnic, ethnic cleansing to happen. And here we have a second guest saying that's the case. So you want to suspend me again? It. You can literally Google Israeli uh, Knesset members talking about ethnic cleansing, and there'll be a there'll be a lot. Wow. There'll be a bunch of search results. There what, you go. What did you say, Princess Grace? That, <clears throat> the, that's the, the hospital you work yeah, at, Princess the, Grace? The Princess Grace Hospital. Doesn't yeah. sound very graceful of you guys. <laughs> it doesn't. Change Maxine. your name to Hospital Prince Andrew, apparently. Yeah, Maxine. fucked up. Maxine was the chief executive there who sent me that investigation suspension business. I, I, I resigned. I said, forget you. You know what? Forget your investigation. And you know what they said? Doesn't matter. We're still going to do the investigation. I'm, I'm like, I'm like what, what are you going to investigate? The podcast is out there. Everything wow. I've ever said is out there. All the, There's nothing to investigate. This is bullshit. But they're still investigating me. Whatever. It's just madness. So anyway, stop talking about me. Let's talk about you. Has what you have been saying caused you any trouble? Sure. I mean, cause, I mean, you know, a, a little, some trouble, you know, it's all relative. And to talk about my hardship seems, uh, you know, kind of crazy considering what the people of Gaza, what the people of Palestine are going through. I mean, that's real hardships. Yeah, you know, I've lost friends and family and having a harder time getting gigs and, you know, not the people that worked with me for years don't want to do so anymore or whatever. But 
you know, compared to what's happening, that's like nothing, you know? So yeah, it sucks. It's annoying to get nasty messages and to have trolls. I mean, that's, I have trolls that are like on all my videos, like talking smack about me, trying to make me feel bad about myself, trying to bring me down, you know? Um, yeah, places don't want to, you know, hire me or work with me because, I mean, because I want freedom and equality for all people. I guess it's more than that. It's because I do, you know, focus a lot on calling Israel out on their egregious human rights violations and war crimes because I'm Jewish and I feel like it's my responsibility as a Jewish person to be calling out all these horrible things that people are doing in the name of Judaism, which isn't uh, in line with the values of Judaism, did not represent Judaism, um, is not what Judaism's all about. You know, Zionism has hijacked Judaism, and people now are more interested in worshiping the state of Israel, which I often call a golden calf, than, you know, the, the religious, you know, what the religion of Judaism, you know, what it, what it stands for, what, it, what the values are. I mean, just in the Ten Commandments, those shall not kill, those shall not steal. Those shall not worship any other god above me. Those are all broken, right, with Israel. So I mean, so that's why I feel like I, I have to speak out. So there's a great, great doctor, Dr. Lawrence Larry Palaveski. And he's Jewish. He's American. And um, he says exactly what you say. And he was on my podcast. We were talking about other stuff. We weren't talking about this. But um, off air, he okay. was telling Sounds like a great guy. That's the kind of doctor I want to give me a prostate <laughs> exam. Uh, he's a pediatrician. Uh, he, he probably oh, okay. not going to do that. <laughs> but if that's what you like being tickled, I'm sure, you know, you can find lots of other people like that for you. <laughs> but basically, basically, he he's a nice guy. And he was just telling me all the stuff off here. He was like, he was like, oh, by the way, because, um, you know, he, he realized I'm not a Muslim. And, you know, even though my name suggests it you know, I gave that up. He was like, you know, I just love humanity. And I, I'm telling you right now, these people, most of these Zionists aren't even proper Jews. Like they've hijacked our religion. They're destroying it. They're creating the anti-Semitism because they need the anti-Semitism to justify their state. And I was like, oh, I never really thought of it like that. And then he was like, and how racist and how anti-Semitic to tell me that I don't belong in this country, that this country really isn't mine and that I've got a homeland that I belong to and that, you know what, that's my real country and I'm just living here. He goes, that's not my country. America's my country. I'm American. And I was like, oh, I never really thought of it like that either. It was just interesting. And I think the problem is like people like you and Larry like your voices get drowned out by the media so that you're really like made out to be a fringe minority. But I think you're probably not. I think there's a lot of Jews that are quite critical of Israel or want to be, but are scared to speak up because they know if they do, they get canceled. Yeah. I mean, more and more are, you know, we've seen organizations like Jews Voices for Peace, and if not now, uh, gathering thousands of people to like protest. But you know, uh, yes, they, you know, people want to conflate anti-Semitism with anti-Zionism. It's not the same, but I do believe, like Larry said, that uh, Zionism creates anti-Semitism. Uh, you know, Theodore Herzl, the father of modern day uh, political Zionism, he was an atheist. And, you know, the state of Israel oh, was actually born out of anti-Semitism because, you know, 
uh, Balfour with the Balfour Declaration, Peel with the Peel Commission. You know, these happened before 1948. These were anti-Semites who wanted to get rid of the Jews, who wanted to solve the Jewish problem. And they wanted to do that by rounding up all the Jews and moving them someplace else. Moving them someplace that would put them in danger, that would enable them to have a foothold in the Middle East and disrupt the Middle East. And Jewish people don't really realize, because they're too busy worshiping the golden calf that is Israel, that they are being used by anti-Semites. 100%. Dude, can I ask you something? You know, you did a video that said, why are you hating on me? Are you able to remember what you said in that? Because I loved it. Is there any chance you can just say it again now? Um, thank you. That video is very popular. Uh, I believe it has over a million views. You know, it was a classic. Um, I believe I was just saying stuff like, I'm sorry? It was a classic. Classic. Thanks for saying so. Just came to me one day. Now, um, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying stuff about like, I understand why people are mad at me. Like, I didn't fund Hamas for years. You know, Israel did that. Why are people mad at me? I didn't know that there was going to be an attack on October 7th. Israel did. Uh, you know, why are people mad at me? I didn't kill my own people on October 7th. Israel did. You know, I wasn't told it's a bad idea to have a music festival next to a concentration camp. Israel did. Like, it doesn't make, like, why, like, why I haven't been oppressing the Palestinian people for 75 years. Israel has. Like, this is the source of all the problems. Like, I, like I'm sorry. I mean, I know this isn't the best analogy, but it's almost like Hamas is like, I'm not a fan of Hamas, but I view them more as like chemotherapy, you know, and the cancer, unfortunately, is the state of Israel. And yes, when you take the chemotherapy, you're going to get sick and it's going to do bad stuff for you. But it's there trying to fight the cancer, the greater evil. And unfortunately, that is what the state of Israel has become. And is and while Israel has done fantastic things and advancements in technology, and it has done well by some people, its own people, that the people that it particularly likes the best, which seem to be white Ashkenazi Jews, um, it's been built on destroying the lives of Palestinians. And like the dream of Israel can never exist like that. It can never exist over Palestinian bloodshed. You know what? You know the way you say it's this indoctrination of blind obedience and love to the state of Israel. Um, if you listen to my podcast, you'll see there's a common theme. I which have is where, not one episode. I probably won't even watch this one. Well, there you go. But if you did, you'd realize that most of my podcasts, <laughs> most of my podcasts say don't believe in any state. The state is never your friend. Big government is never your friend. You know, and we need to stop thinking of the state and the collectivism as some kind of salvation. We need to go back to individualism and take care of ourselves, our communities and local, local decentralization. It's these large power structures who pretend to be our friends and care about us that are the real threat to humanity. And, and that's, I think, something, you know, that I think is very important that people understand. And it's not just the state of Israel, any state, all states are just bad, bad actors, you know? It, it's this us versus them mentality <clears throat> that's inherent in human nature. That's very unfortunate. 
where we want to, we're more concerned with being part of our group. Uh, and for some reason, we have this thing about separating and we want to separate ourselves and look for insignificant things that make us different. Uh, it takes like milliseconds for the amygdala to like uh, notice other races and stuff like that. Like it's inherent in us, I guess, through evolution uh, for working for groups or something and having to worry about other villages attacking us or whatever. But we got to get past this us versus them mentality yes and see everybody as individuals and not just like be concerned with us versus them and, and it's horrible you know there were experiments done I, I just made a video about it i was talking about it where they would do these experiments and they they would divide up children uh in insignificant reasons and tell them oh no group is better than the other group and still they would want each group would want less money if it meant the other group would get more money they cared more about their own group than like if everybody benefited uh they just people became really nasty and that like that's just part of human nature unfortunately we got to try to evolve past that evolve mm. past seeing each other's through the lens of nationalities of religion of races of sexuality and just judge people based on their individual character and their actions and, you know, try to uplift everybody and, and be a friend to everybody, bring kindness to everybody, not just the people that look like us or think that like us or believe in the same things as us. Mm. You know, before October the 7th, were you politically active in any of this way or were you just getting on with life and trying to be funny? Oh, well, yes, I've definitely been trying to be funny for quite some time. God, why is it so hard? Um, but uh, no, I mean, I've been talking about uh, Palestinian human rights for quite some time, for a couple of years. But did it, can it ramp up a little so bit? I, since I was engaged in this conversation. Uh, I've been engaged in this conversation probably since around COVID time, uh, where, you know, I was doing a podcast called American Jew. We would talk a lot about things that were going on for the Jewish community in America, things that are happening in Israel. And I would be doing more and more research about Israel and Palestine and things that are happening. And I was learning more and more. And then, you know, it just got to a point where I kind of really started discovering some truths. And I just like kind of had enough of hearing that, you know, Palestinian children are being killed because they're being used as human shields. I'm like, after hearing this my whole life, there, there's got to be another way. It's just it's, this is just a blanket excuse. And it, it's not I can't. It's not real. And I realized that this is just like a blanket excuse. And it really started upsetting me. And that's, you know, I made a video about that and that hit. And then, you know, I was just talking more about it on the podcast. And I just kept on doing more research and finding out more and more and more and just realizing, you know, like I was saying that the Jews are being used. This all this horrible stuff that, you know, has been done in the name of Zionism you know, under the guise of Judaism. And I just, you know, started speaking about it more on my podcast and social media and what have you. What about COVID? Did you wake up to anything from the whole COVID debacle? I mean, I had COVID a couple of times. Uh, you know, COVID wa was uh, uh, like a very interesting time where, again, this us versus them mentality came out really hardcore. Uh, especially when it had to do with the vax, uh, the vaccine. Um, so, you know, that was, of course, upsetting for humanity and to see the way, you know, the world worked and all of a sudden how 
they kind of became, you know, almost bigoted towards people because of their individual uh, medical decisions or, you know, it, it went from everybody has the right to choose what happens with their body to like, oh, you better do this or else, which was very unfortunate. You know, it definitely kind of changed the world. It did. Uh, COVID. But did. Un um, yeah, unfortunate. You know, time. Unfortunate is like the biggest understatement. <laughs> it was. <laughs> oh, man. So I, I go on about that a bit. And um. I think it's one of the most terrible periods in our life, in humanity. You know, medical ethics was trash. I mean, in humanity, I don't know. But I mean, in our lifetime, probably, I mean, I don't know. What, there are people mm. in Africa, there are people in Palestine that are experiencing worse than that every day. So, oh my gosh, it really sucked. We all had to stay inside our nice apartments and, you know, order takeout for a couple years and not have to go to work and like boo-hoo like I, I don't know yeah it kind of sucked you know uh my career was going so much better before covid <laughs> i gotta tell you things were things were looking up before covid and then covid came and all like when it's all been downhill since then but um i mean yeah you know i think so, to me the worst part was pitting people against each other you know ostracizing people because of their you know what they wanted to do, what they thought was right for them. I, I, I thought it was disgusting and it, it was hard for me too. I felt like, you know, I'm not vaccinated. I didn't get vaccinated. Uh, and I felt like I had to live in the closet. I actually yeah, made a video well, about it. With but another, this is like, what I mean, comedian. Jonathan, just, I want you to tell me that in a second, but uh, sorry for interjecting. But what I mean by like one of the worst times in humanity was we saw a huge medical experiment unknown to humankind ever before where billions were injected with a toxic experimental substance and not one person had informed consent and i'm not going to bore you into why now because my listeners have heard about it and they know about it but what happened was really wrong and multiple deaths happened not because of covid but because of medical interventions due to the policies of our politicians and health authorities people died we, we, we killed them by the millions and to justify a so-called pandemic and an experimental treatment. And we did it also by othering people, you know, and we ostracized them and we made them feel inferior. And, you know, I, I grew up in the eighties and read about the Holocaust and the second world war and how Jews were treated. And I really couldn't get my head around it. I've been to Germany. I'd, I'd been on school exchanges. They were really nice people. Um, they loved chocolate. You know, they were good people. And, um, you know, I loved them. And I was like, how did these people a few years ago do such horrible acts to another group of people? I don't get it. I, I can't get my head around it. Do you know what? During the COVID era, I totally got it. I totally got how that shit went down in Germany in the Second World War. Because it happened all over again. We othered people. We, we went, fell for the fear porn. And the propaganda on a massive scale. And it was bullshit, man. And the problem is that kind of crap is still going on. And they're still handing out those toxic shots. And they're rolling out more. And they're producing them in the factories. And, you know, when you see one lie and one scam and one hoax, you see them all. And you see how the media lies to you. The government lies to you. The regulatory authorities lie to you. Everyone's lying, basically. And it's the same with now all these wars, the Ukraine war, the Middle Eastern crisis. They're all 
it's all bullshit, man. And it, it just, it makes me sad, you know, that this is actually what's going on. But I think if more people wake up to this bullshit, hopefully it will stop, you know? I mean, I hope so. Yeah, it's nice to hear that all coming from a doctor who's only been suspended from one hospital. Two. Oh, two? <laughs> okay. Nice. Wow, that's that's quite a resume. I like that. Yeah. Then forget yeah, it, just... but I don't take your vaccine advice. I only take it if you've been suspended from one. If you've been suspended from two, then you sound like a crackpot. Oh, I'm totally crackpot. I'm a quack. I'm a crackpot. I'm a <laughs> climate change dinar. I'm a misogynist, transphobic, you know, Luddite. Oh, wow. I don't think I've been called an anti-Semitic yet. You can call me that if you want. And then, you know, I've got all the insults lodged at me. Do you want to call me an anti-Semitic? Is that like your badge that you've got? Like, hey, listen, I've got it all. Transphobic, anti-Semitic, racist. Yeah, I've got everything. I had a patient hate one day. I've actually know, unfortunately, been... there are powers that be that they do benefit from division. That's the truth. And they want to keep everybody divided. And could you imagine if humanity united, how powerful we would be uh, to stand up to maybe, you know, big pharma, big corporations, all, all this stuff, uh, you know, these processed food plants that are poisoning us, you know, especially in America, where there's food that we have in our supermarkets. That if you go to Europe, they don't have it because, like, this kills people. But in America, they're like, eat more of it, get more sick, go to the hospital, like, just keep in the system. And if we united and we stop fighting over these petty indifferences that are fabricated, that are made up, like, you know, then they would really have something to fear. 100%. Dude, so I didn't know about your vaccination status before this conversation, but can I be honest with you? I'm not surprised. Because you seem like a critical thinker. I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised. You sound like a critical yeah, you thinker. Know, I'm really proud of myself because there was such a tremendous pressure to conform with the vaccine. And like, I wasn't like an anti-vax guy. I had COVID. I live in New York City. I had it like as soon as it started. I had the antibodies. It just didn't make sense for me to go run out and get this uh, vaccine when they had it. I did not like how they were pushing it. I did not like how it was making people. I did not like that there was commercials on TV. It was just like too much for me. You know, like do it, do it, do it, do it. So I didn't do it. And like, yeah, I'm 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 very pleased with myself. Not in so regard, like, oh, I don't know what it could have done to me. I don't know what would have happened. I don't want to have it. But just more in the fact that like I wasn't like lining up with everybody else just because someone told me something that wasn't necessarily true, you know? And I, I, I'm proud that I, you know, stand up for what I believe in and I stay true to myself. Dude, you know what? Good for you. Good for you. I think you're defending yourself too strongly. Maybe you might just be an anti-vaxxer, but I'll let you off on it. Well done, you. So Thank you. Thank you. So listen, can I and ask I you something? I didn't want that chip in me, you know, because <laughs> it just messes with my television. It makes it all blurry when I'm yeah, trying to do thing- my remove. Yeah, and the thing is, like, when you're on the stage doing your comedy act, you never know. Someone might press a button and you start being all robotic or something, and you don't want that. You don't want chips inside you. Right? That would be horrible. I'm all like, Trump is the only choice for president. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> so what is the choice for president? You've either got Trump or Biden. How do you choose? There is no choice. You can't. I'm so over this, you know, 
uh, the like the less of two evils, like American politics. I don't know. Maybe Jill Stein will surprise everybody. Maybe Cornel West will do something. But I mean, our American political system needs to be disrupted so seriously, and it needs such a, a change. Uh, I, I don't know when it's going to happen, but it, it needs to happen. And nothing good is going to happen if, for Trump or Biden. Boo to so- both of them. I, I despise Trump. <laughs> I can't stand Trump. But Biden is just like ineffectual. And his whole way he's responded with what's happening in Palestine has just been despicable to me. And uh, not a leader, uh, a total follower, someone that's just cowering to the state of Israel. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous, you know, uh, how Biden went on and he's like, oh, I saw these beheaded babies. No, you didn't, because there were none. And then the White House had to backtrack the next day when he went on television and he said, oh, you can't trust the numbers uh, coming out of Gaza, even though those numbers uh, throughout history, they've never been proven to have been inflated. Uh, medical peer review, medical journals like The Lancet have said, no, the numbers are 100% spot on, but he had the audacity to go to try to sow doubt to justify Israel's brutality in Gaza, you know? Uh, it's just horrible. And then he wants to give not more 14 billion. And Netanyahu's real, like literally being like, no, Biden, we're never doing a two-state solution. And Biden's like, oh, well, we gotta do a two-state. And like, no, it's never happening. And Biden's like, well, here's more money anyways. It's like, fuck <laughs> you, Joe Biden. I, I, I don't think Biden's actually the guy in charge. I hate to say this. I don't, I don't think he's in the driving seat. So over here in the UK, we've got no, a guy. No, he's co- one of those little Mexican aliens inside him, like Men in Black style. That, that's why it makes more sense. That's why he's always tripping over everything, because he's got a little Mexican <laughs> Men in Black alien trying to make him walk. You know, when you think about it, when he's smelling a woman's hair, when he's an old man, that's creepy. But if there's a little alien inside him, that's scientific research. No, no, hold on. Is he smelling women's hair or little kids' hair? No, he smelled women's hair. That he did oh. that in the past. Right. Okay. Creepy. So over here in the UK, yeah, there's I no share... more smelling kids' hair now that you know Jeffrey Epstein Island's gone. All right. Okay. So this guy is Alex Creel. He created this two cheeks, same arse World Economic Forum. So here in the UK, we've got this guy in the Labour Party. He's the head of the Labour Party on the left here. On the right, you've got this Prime Minister of ours. You got Davos Keith, you got Moderna Man. Pretend Labour, fake Conservatives. Both want net zero madness. More, both of them want more proxy wars. Both of them want uncontrolled immigration. Both of them want make big tech censorship and misinformation. And they want programmable, pro, programmable um, CBDCs, whatever they're called. And I think, to be honest, it's the same in the US. You guys all want the same stuff. Like, it's funny. All the policies around the world are coming from the same place everyone is you know wanting to push forward the same agenda isn't it funny all these different countries all these diverse countries but they all seem to have uniform policies funny that isn't it and it doesn't seem to be anything that you or i voted for you know but anyway so this i just think the whole politics thing is a bs scam honestly um anyway helping the rich get richer yeah i wanted to ask you something um about the Israel solution. I think there's a solution, but before I tell you my solution, I want to hear your solution. Um, but before I do that, can I ask you something? Are you married? I'm not married. I'm single. 
Oh my God, is your mom looking for a nice Jewish girl for you? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, she's looking for any girl. I guess she'd love it if she was Jewish. <laughs> I need a, I, I want to bring home a Muslim girl, but like a Muslim girl that eats pork. Because I'm like a Jewish guy that eats pork. I think that's what, that's what I need. I, you know, I need like a Muslim girl that like has rebelled or, you know, believes in, in it culturally, but not religiously. You, you'll be more likely to get a Muslim girl if you actually say Muslim and not Muslim, because there is Muslim. Muslim. It's, okay, sorry. Yeah. It's like sorry, saying... Sorry, I have to Americanize Muslim. <laughs> Let Muslims... It's like saying Let I Muslims want a... Muslims moving in the neighborhood. I don't want their mosque around my church, I'll tell you that much. Hey, it's mu- like Muslim, saying, sorry. Yeah, it's like saying I want a Jewish girl. I want a Jewish girl. And it's like... <laughs> But people Jewish. don't re- Jewish, not Jewish. We say Muslim in America. I know That's you what guys we say get it. Muslim. We don't say Muslim. <laughs> it's Muslim. It's like it's like my name's Ahmed Malik, and, we and, call and all Spain, not Espana, whatever. <laughs> all, all your Americans say Ahmad Malik, and I'm like, what? 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 Malik? No, just Ahmed Malik. Thanks. But yeah, it's Muslim. Muslim. So I um, do I know any young? Attractive Muslim girls. Hmm. I, yes. I don't care. They can be any type of girl. As long you know as they're young got... and attractive. No, I'm just joking. It's well, personality young... that matters. Dude, you're a young guy. You look like you're in your 20s. We need to get you a young girl. Um, so basically, you know, I could Thank be your dad, you. by the way. I'm 48, so, you know, I could easily be your dad. So, um... I just took a turn. You went from <laughs> finding me a girl to telling me you're my daddy. Wow. <laughs> so basically, I would say... Yeah, it doesn't matter what religion or faith, as long as they're a good person. But anyway, I was wondering whether your political activism has made things difficult for you in terms of finding someone. Because, you know, I don't know. It depends, like, you know, how many people are now upset with you and have said, that's it, Jonathan Randall. He's a no-go area. Um, Or is there still large people um, supporting you out there? Supporting my dating? I mean, <laughs> no, your position. I, mean, I, and, do and have, your... I do have a community now that I, you know, formed on social media. I hope that and all your followers will check me out on Instagram at Jonathan Randall. Uh, you know, of course, it has affected my, like my dating, and there are some women that hear my political views and they don't like it. Um, I actually had on my J Swipe profile Free Palestine, and they kicked me off shortly after the seventh. Of October, um, on J Swipe, right? So that, and you know, actually, there was a girl who I matched with on a dating app who I had known from uh, when I was like in high school, who I went to Israel with on a on a teen tour. Well, the, one, the one of the first times I was in Israel for six weeks, she was there, uh, and I I had pictures of us there, and I was sending it to her, and she really wanted to reconnect and go out. Uh, and like, even like I, I didn't call, I didn't follow up. And then months later she hit me back up. She's like, we've got to go out, whatever. But shortly after October 7th, yeah, I never heard from her again. Well, hard loss, buddy. So this is your Instagram feed, Jonathan Rando. Um, and like I said, I've been been following you and I think it's really, really funny. And uh, I like your stuff, man. Thank you. And I, and I hope everybody follows you. But one of the things that I saw that made me really sad was this this post, 
which was been um, having a really hard time getting work lately. If anyone has or knows of any comedy, acting, voiceover, writing, warm up or creative gigs, please DM me. I mean, you know, it's really sad that your political views should stop you from getting work or be able to, you know, do your job and have a livelihood and keep a roof over your head. It's like, what the hell, man? Like, if that's not like living in a communist it's crazy era, no one's losing their jobs for no one's losing their jobs for supporting Israel, who's committing a genocide and has murdered thousands of people. So, yeah, you know, I, I posted that putting myself out there, uh, you know, I, not only, you know, in an effort to find work, but also because I want to work with people who appreciate, you know, all aspects of my you know, artistry, my activism, my comedy, everything, and don't want to, you know, uh, not work with me or do not, or want to shut off part of me, you know? I, I want to mm. work more with like-minded people, so that's another reason why I put that out there, uh, to find people who, you know, uh, want to stand up for freedom and equality for all people, who believe in human rights, no matter who you are, uh, those are more the people that I want to work for and stuff like that. So yeah, I, you know, some people have reached out to me and I've gotten uh, some more opportunities and I'm hoping that I will find even more, you know, and I decided to pin that on my profile because I am always looking for gigs and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I want to, as my community and uh, grows, uh, you know, hopefully I, there'll be people in it that, you know, I could collaborate with that, you know, I could help you know, not only achieve my dreams, but spread awareness and work together and, you know, create a larger community of people who do want to view people as individuals and not just judge them based on their views on a particular thing or who they are. And, you know, that I think is the true essence of an artist. 100%. Do you know High res the rapper? No. What's his uh, name? High res High res. Yeah, he was very critical of um, the COVID policies and vaccines. He's an Orthodox American Jew. He's hilarious. I, uh, his podcast okay. is going to come out in the next week or two. Look him up. And if you want, I'll connect you to. I think you'd get on quite well, to be honest. Um, anyway, I was going to say. And he's a rapper, you said. He's a rapper. Yeah. You know, you kind of creative lot. You know. Yeah, yeah, thought, sure. I like rappers. Yeah. And, you know. I think part of being a successful rapper is also have a bit of humor in it. You know, some of his lyrics are quite funny. Um, what I was going to say was, do you worry that sometimes you might get typecast into now being, you know, this political activist and actually all you want to do is jokes, funny jokes on just random shit in life? Or Every day. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. I mean, I have become a little bit, you know, and I do put out a lot of content. And, you know, I, you know, based on this, it's important. I do want to spread awareness. I do seem to have touched a nerve with people. People do really seem to appreciate my voice about it. I am passionate about it. I do care about it. I do think, while I do think that, you know, making people laugh is like a, a good thing and a positive thing for the world, uh, you know, speaking out against, you know, these human rights violations and the oppression that the Palestinian people face, especially coming from a Jewish person, I think is uh, extraordinarily powerful. Uh, the amount of messages I've gotten from people being like, you have single-handedly changed my opinion about Jews or my perception of Jews 
uh, having other Jews reach out to me, telling me, oh my gosh, they are so happy to find somebody like me out there. They're experiencing a lot of the mm. same thing. They just want freedom and equality for all people. They're just standing up for uh, Palestinian human rights and they're being ostracized by their family, community, mm. uh, stuff like that. They're losing work or whatever. You know, I think that's positive. And, you know, having people that wouldn't usually listen to, let's say, a white American Jew now being open to hearing what I have to say, even if they don't agree, even if they don't like what I have to say, I think that also is like an empowerful and important thing. Hell yeah. But yeah, I just want to be silly and funny and do comedy and talk about my dick. And like, that's it. And not like walk in someplace and be like, oh God, he's going to go off right now about Israel and be like, no, I'm not, you know, I'm just going to like talk about crazy things that happened to me on a date or whatever. You know, I, that is my biggest passion is comedy. It is performing. It is what I want to do. Uh, it seems like, yeah, people can like go to my Instagram and just be like, oh, you're like, you know, I have friends that are like, oh, you're not even a comedian anymore. You're an activist now. And I'm like, no, I'm a comedian, but I care about <laughs> this issue, too, as I do other issues. Uh, you know, people can be multifaceted. So whatever. It's hard, but uh, it's not really what I envision for myself or, you know, what I really want at the, like at the end of the day. But it's like where I found myself and I like I do have a sense of pride in doing what i'm doing and standing up for these people who feel like they don't have a voice and who have been wronged and you know are currently being you know oppressed and murdered and dehumanized on the reg and it's horrible and sad and you know as much as i love comedy like uh maybe there is a a, a greater purpose for me or whatever and it seems to be involved with fighting for freedom and equality and whatever, you know, I'm, I'm up for multiple tasks. God bless you, man. Do you know a guy called Dave Smith? The gas network guy podcast. Yes, of course. I a think part of the problem. Yeah. I think you got a long comment with him. He's a good guy. He's a good human being. He's on the money. He's a great guy. What a, I've known Dave for years and he's always just been like such a, like a kind person, like an open person. Uh, and yeah, he's amazing. So, uh, I haven't seen him in a while, but yeah, I, I should hit him up. I've done, you know, gas digital is where he does his podcast and I've done a Godfrey's podcast. There a bunch of hilarious comedian and Godfrey we trust. He's a great podcast with them, but yeah, Dave is incredible. That's what I'm saying. I think like connecting with people like him and working collaboratively with people like him, you'll find that you've got a new community and things will work out. Like, I stopped practicing last month and I was really worried. Like I was like in such a bad way, like been losing money for months since my first hospital suspended me. And then the second one was like a nail in the coffin for me. I just gave up and my 25 year surgical career is over. And I was kind of nervous. I was like, holy moly, what am I going to do? What am I going to do now? But I'm not worried anymore. Now you're a Coke dealer and it's all because of Zionism. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I had two great hospital jobs and then I got kicked out. So now I've resorted to child yep. prostitution. Now I'm still kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just, I'm just embracing whatever the future holds, you know, and I, I've got a, I've got a wonderful community out there who's listening and sending me love every day. And you know what? I don't regret anything. Now. I don't regret anything. And I think you're going to be just fine. 
Okay. I've got a few more questions. Thank Two more you. questions. Two more questions, buddy. What's the funniest joke you've ever heard? Okay. Jeez, the funniest joke I ever heard. I don't know if I have like one in, in particular, you know, like there's so many uh, amazing comedians that have like great bits, you know, like are we talking about just like a like kind of like a like a schoolyard joke or something or like, you anything. know, like a, like a bit, there's so many. A bet, story, anything. You know, one of the first jokes I ever heard that mm. I really liked was um, there's a guy running on a beach. And he comes across a woman that has no arms and no legs, and she's crying. And he's like, what's wrong? Uh, and she's like, well, I'm 40 years old, I have no arms and no legs, and I've never been kissed by a man. So he says, oh, hey, hey, what, what the hell? He gives her a kiss, and he goes to start running away again. She starts crying even harder. And he's like, what's wrong? I just kissed you. And she's like, I know, but I'm 40 years old, I got no arms and legs, and I've never been touched by a man. So he's like, oh, I already kissed you. Okay. So he feels her up a little bit, you know? And then he goes to run away. And she starts crying hysterically now, more than she's ever cried before. And he's like, what's going on? I kissed you. I touched you. She's like, I know, but I'm 40 years old. I got no arms and no legs, and I've never been fucked. So he picks her up. He throws her in the ocean. He goes, you're fucked now, bitch. Brutal. <laughs> Dude, that was brutal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one of the first like street jokes I kind of heard that I really liked. Yeah. What was the funniest? What was the first joke that I ever told? I think the first joke I ever told were. Oh, I can't even remember now. Something about tomatoes and redskins. Anyway, I can't even remember the joke. I don't tell many jokes because I can't even remember them. As you can it sounds see, sounds racist though. <laughs> it was really racist. <laughs> Anyway, listen, last question. If you are 120, you've lived a long life, you're, you're finally married to some girl, maybe a Muslim, maybe a pork-eating Muslim. Any pork-eating Muslims out there, please hook up with Jonathan. Um, you've, <laughs> you, you, you've made lots of babies, like confused Muslim Jewish babies. And... um. Oh, actually, we forgot to ask about your solution for Israel. We'll do that as the last one. Let's carry on with this one. What advice would you give to your family before you pass on and meet your maker? Um, wow, I mean, try to spread love, not hate. Be open to things. Uh, don't shy away from dialogue. Um, it's, it's not worth it, like being angry. Uh, I think those kind of things, travel as much as you can, say yes to life, do the things that you're afraid of. Oh, God. Right. So listen, someone's reached out to me, a friend, and has said to me, I've got, man, every single time I say I'm going to stop asking questions, I've got another one. So someone has just told me that they tried ayahuasca. And they've told me it was one of the most amazing, the best experience of their life. And that I should try it. What do you think? Yes or no? I would say yes. I tried it once. It was not the best experience of my life. But I <laughs> did it in like a yoga studio in Williamsburg. It was like some fucking bullshit hipster uh, <laughs> ayahuasca experience. Um, I did not have that, you know, 
mind-blowing experience that I wanted for where I was going to, you know, discover myself and, you know, it was going to be amazing. That never happened. Uh, but I am interested in going to, like, Peru and to the rainforest and, like, trying it. And, yeah, I, I would recommend anyone that wants to, you know, explore themselves more and, you know, what's in their head to try it. I want to again, but I didn't have the best experience. So, yeah, go for it. Do it. Okay. All righty. Nikita, you, don't you got heard? anything else to do now that you're out of work, you bum. <laughs> Nikita, you heard from Jonathan. I'm going to try it. Okay. What do you think is the solution for Israel? <laughs> is that your wife? You lose two jobs, then you start doing drugs. What's next? It's all no, downhill. I used to Nik be a respected doctor, but then the Zionists came after me. Now I live in the rainforest in Peru and I'm addicted to ayahuasca. It could be worse. I but could at least be I don't have post traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it could be worse. Nikita's not my wife, and I could be outside a train station selling the big issue and, as an alcoholic. No, um, Nikita's a friend. My wife is called Kat. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so what's the solution for Israel? Wow. I, like, uh, having it be a place for all people, uh, I think, is it, where there's freedom. I've said freedom and equality 30 times during this podcast. But yes, freedom and equality for all people. That is the holy land for Jews, for Muslims, and for Christians. And they need to all be treated as equals there and all feel equally at home there and all be praying together. So, uh, you know, it's hard to say exactly what is the final solution, but I'll tell you what some good starts are. And that is ending all settler violence in the West Bank, stopping all settler expansion. Uh, having repercussions for the people that per perpetrate settler violence. Let's do that. Let's get rid of Netanyahu. Let's get rid of Itmar Ben-Gavir. Let's get rid of Vesel Smotrich. Let's get rid of the whole Knesset. Uh, and let's, of course, have a ceasefire. And let's uh, try to do right by the Palestinian people. Uh, you know, let's, we got to admit to, to the atrocities that they faced. Uh, take responsibility for the bad things that, you know, Israel has done. Uh, have a holiday, commemorate the Nakba. You know, there, there's steps that need to be taken. So I definitely don't have all the answers, but I definitely could see and tell of the things that aren't working and definitely some things that need to take place. And ending settler violence is like the bare minimum. And I mean, even since October 7th, there's been like hundreds of Palestinians that have been murdered there. Uh, settlers have killed uh, many as well, just on their own, just under the protection of the Israeli military. And, and no one seems to care. So it's like a mass settler could come into a Palestinian village, destroy their homes, murder people, and nobody has a problem with that. But if a Palestinian does that, they're terrorists. They're coming to kill everybody. Mm. And, you know, we got to blow them all up. Dude, man, you should be a politician. That's a fracking, cracking answer. So I've said one state. For all people. This whole two-state solution is bullshit. Just have a united Republic of Israel and Palestine. You know, just call it that. Just like one one land for everyone who can live equally. All are equal under the law. Decentralized. No big state. No big government. And just fucking everyone lives happily together. And people say, oh, it's never going to happen. They're all going to rape and pillage. 
you know what? Not really. Most people just want to live and be happy, love, procreate, wow. take care of their kids, have a belly full of food. That's it, man. It's as simple as that. Um, and hopefully one day, my friend, that will happen. Now, listen, you kindly sent me one of your video clips, um, which I'm going to post just after this um, video segment ends. So it's going to, the podcast is going to continue with some of your clips. Can you also send me the one from the, the store? That video was amazing. And please send it to me. I'm going to add that to the end of this podcast. And I just want to say thank you so much for your time. I love you so much. You're such a good human being. What we have in common is we both, I imagine if my tribe was the medicine doctor tribe, I stood out of my tribe and called out all the COVID bullshit and all the, the destruction of medical ethics. You're similar because you stood out of your Jewish tribe and said, hey, this isn't what we're all about. This is all wrong. I think people who, who can stand out of their tribe and get all the heat and the resulting shit that comes with it and actually say, no, I belong to an even bigger tribe, humanity, and I want to do the right thing. Special kind of people. Mate, you're a special kind of guy. And it's been a privilege and honor to talk to you. Before we start playing your clips, well, thank you. Final words, final words to you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Appreciate all your kindness and all the friendship that you offered me. Uh, I think what you said is absolutely spot on. You know, we need to ask what our groups are doing. You know, what our tribes are doing wrong, and figure out how we could improve and how we could do better and what we're adding to the situation instead of just always pointing fingers. At, at the others, all right? I think that's really important. Uh, so thank you for having me. Yeah, freedom and equality for all people, free Palestine and the occupation, ceasefire now. Uh, you know, check me out on Instagram at Jonathan Randall, on all social media at Jonathan Randall. If you want to support my work, you could do so on Kofi. It's ko-fi.com slash Jonathan Randall. There's no H in the John part of my name. That's a Christian thing. Us Jews don't do that. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure uh, speaking with you and uh, doing this. Uh, excuse me, there's a line. It's cool. I'm Israeli. What? Do you have a problem with Jews? No, I have a problem with you and what you just did. So you're an anti-Semite then? Hey, look at the anti-Semite, everybody. There he is. Look at the anti-Semite. Let's find out where he works and get him fired. What is happening right now? Hey, boss, what's up? What do you mean? What? Hello? I just got fired. That will teach you not to hate the Jews. I don't hate Jews. I just hate you. Hey, guys, is there a problem over here? Yes, he's an anti-Semite. This guy's trying to cut in the line. Okay, yeah, this is a huge problem. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Me? He's the one that did something wrong. You're the one who's being a bigot. So you're banned from the store. Get out and don't come back. Get the hell out of here, man. Leave now. I am so sorry, sir. We don't allow smoking inside the store. So you're an anti-Semite too? This store hates Jews. I don't feel safe. Let's shut this store down. <laughs>